the Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast is sponsored by Prairie Care. You know, going through the process of getting help with your mental health can be very overwhelming. I definitely know that from firsthand experience. Prairie Care can help guide you through it and get you in touch with the help that you need. They've been offering mental health services to all ages in the Twin Cities of Minnesota since 2005. Whether you're looking for clinical services, a specialty outpatient program, or a more intensive level of care like inpatient treatment, Prairie Care has you and your family covered. Visit prairie-care.com to learn more. That's prairie-care.com. Hello there, my friends, and a big welcome into this episode of the Take What Serves, Leave the Rest podcast. My name is Brian. I am your host. And, um, you know, I say it every episode that I'm just so grateful that you're here. And I think always just want to stress that whatever you're maneuvering out there, whatever you're experiencing, the things that feel hard, the things that you're celebrating, everything in between, um, I just thank you for showing up. And, and, and I hope that these episodes can serve you in, in some way to let you know that you're not alone, help you feel a little bit more connected and, um, hopefully give you some things from these conversations that, that, that can serve you moving forward. And I am really looking forward to, to this episode here today and introducing you to, to just a beautiful, wonderful human. We have Hope Elliott on the podcast today. And so kind of a backstory of how Hope and I know each other. I, I do some work part-time with a company that's based out of California. I am a, a a virtual event host. So I help help host corporate well-being events, events that cover everything from yoga to meditation to talking about nutrition to um, team building up activities and, and opportunities for, for teams with a number of different companies. And I, as part of that work, I get to meet so many wonderful people who come on and and are kind of the experts on all of these events and there there's always this little 10 minute window that that we have before kind of from when we log on to these events over zoom and to when we actually have to begin the event and in that 10 minutes 10 to 15 minutes i always get to have really nice conversations with a lot of these people and, and then it's like, okay, we get into these deep conversations and then it's like, all right, we got to work. We, we have to start the event. Um, Hope is somebody who I have done a number of these events with and we always just have really, I've always felt like so enjoyed connecting with her and I've always felt like we get into these really nice conversations that um, that we get to continue today in on this on this platform and in this format and we get to talk for more than 10 minutes which is really nice um hope is based out of uh, burlington vermont she teaches yoga she is a well-being educator and the reason that i'm having hope join us is 
she has um, been open and, and is sharing her, her mental health story with us here today. And she goes into a number of different things in this episode. She talks about growing up in a family where there were mental health struggles present and, and what that was like for Hope. Um, she talks about her experience of being diagnosed with ADHD, anxiety, panic disorder, and depression, and, and what that journey has looked like for her. She talks about yoga, what yoga has meant to her and, and her healing path, and, and really just the importance, too, of, of taking care of herself first um, and, and making that a priority. I really, really loved what she had to say about that, and I think you'll enjoy it as well. So let's go ahead and, and do this. Um, I hope that you take something from this, my friends. I hope that this serves you in some way. And so here is my chat with Hope Elliott. Well, thanks for being here, my friend. I am so looking forward to, to finally being able to sit down here and, and have a chat. Me too. Yes. And um, as, as kind of always on these these episodes, I like to give people the opportunity to just kind of share, you know, kind of whatever you are comfortable sharing when it comes to your mental health story and kind of the journey that you've been on with that. Um, where do you like to usually start with that, with that story, Hope? I start a couple different places, but... As I'm sitting here talking to you now, I think the most appropriate place to start is just kind of how I grew up around mental illness. Um, I was adopted into um, an all white family and I'm saying that because it has a very big impact in who I am today. And so my mother was in and out of the hospital for mental illness, like as early as I can remember until I was about seven, very consistently. Mm -hmm. And so my very first understanding of like mental health was very young. Um, and so then at seven years old, I started going to therapy. My parents put me in therapy and that was really when I started to understand that my skin color was different than my family's. Mm -hmm. And I grew up in all an all white town. Um, and so I was just like having a hard time. And so one of the best things that my parents, I think, did for me was introduce me to therapy at a very, very early age. Um, Because that really helped me to facilitate being able to understand like my emotions, be able to talk about them, and also like just understand the value of therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's uh, that's where I I want to start today is just yeah. the earliest understanding of that. And I think one of my earliest traumas, if you will, is 
multiple times seeing my mother taken out in a straight jacket, um, having to call 911 because my mother, you know, you, I was hiding her pills because she, you know, was mm. wanting to overdose. Um, and just being a little grown up. Yeah. At a really young age. At a really young age. Um, so my father was out at sea. He was in um, uh, a nuclear engineer and on submarines. So he would be gone, I mean, sometimes 10 months at a time. And so it was, it was a lot for my brother and I, who's six years older than I. Um, he was pretty much like a parent. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. And, and as, as we kind of, not that I want to just like jump over such a, a big piece of your, of your life, but, but as we kind of arrive at, at this point in your life today, um, what do, what do, what do, do tough mental health days or, or what does that look like for you at this stage of your life? Kind of how does, how does the whole mental health discussion kind of surface for you these days? Absolutely. I mean, it's been two and a half years since I was officially diagnosed with um, ADHD, mm. anxiety, a panic disorder, and depression. Mm. And what I find so fascinating about all of that is how early my journey with therapy and mental illness happened and how late I was diagnosed. So throughout 30, you know, 30 years, I displayed, you know, I, I, my earliest panic attack, I think was that I can remember was in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, my first battle with depression was I was 20. Mm -hmm. And so now probably the best thing that I have is being able to name my symptoms, being able to name those symptoms really helped me to sort of nip um, the anxiety, especially in the bud. Um, uh, Definitely for being a new mom, like I feel so grateful because I have experienced um, very little um, postpartum uh, mental health challenges. And I really owe that to being able to name the feelings. So do I randomly worry about my daughter's, um, safety? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do I have moments where I am so overwhelmed with, um, whether it's fear or sadness or anxiety that I am, like not wanting to leave the house? Absolutely. And I think being able to say like, that is my depression, or that is my ADHD and my disorganized thoughts, or this feeling that I'm having in my heart, or in my chest, where it's feeling tight, like that's anxiety. And so going from naming the challenge to being like, what do I need to do in this situation to just like bring it back? Um, Whereas before I was diagnosed, I mean, the panic attacks would just get bigger and bigger because I was like, what is like, what is happening to me? Yeah. Yeah. And so there can be a lot of, 
it sounds like for you, especially some real power in, in, in that diagnosis of, okay, there's a, there's a word for this. There's other people who struggle with this. There's some tools that can help me out with it. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think being diagnosed, my first, um, reaction, I was super angry. Mm. I was like, why? Like I have been doing everything. I've been practicing yoga for a decade. I've been, you know, in therapy for over two decades. Like why is it now that I'm being told that this feeling that I'm having is anxiety or Mm. panic attacks don't happen unless you have a panic disorder? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then it shifted from anger to gratitude to be able to, again, just name what is going on and, um, talk about it. When it comes to, you mentioned yoga, um, I'm curious what, helps you kind of with this lens of, okay, I have some stuff here that I struggle with some diagnoses, um, some, some more awareness around how my mental health, um, shows up and, and presents itself. Um, what helps you maneuver that most days? (laughs) The million dollar question, the million dollar question. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, A huge part of it is uh, my partner, my husband, Frankie. I didn't think that I would ever get married. And if I did, I thought it was going to be way later in life. And the space that he holds for me to be able to just like talk endlessly about how I'm feeling uh, is everything. Um to feel heard, to feel understood, um, to feel safe, to know that I can reach out to him when I'm needing reassurance. That's like a huge thing because in the other relationships that I've had, asking for reassurance was not an okay thing to do when that's Mm. like a superhuman need, a superhuman need. Um, So that's a big one because for me, it's actually surprising because I didn't think prior to this relationship, I didn't think that that was something that was possible. Mm. Um, mm. So there's that. Yeah. And that's really something outside of myself, but things that I do for myself, which again, like my, um, diagnoses like really were were so helpful because the neurodivergence of ADHD, one of the biggest things for me is I have a really hard time with time mm. because I exist in like a timeless sort of sphere, if hmm. you will. And so finding what works for me around time is everything. So I, I sleep until I wake up. Yeah. Um, I very rarely set, um, any work or anything that I need to do for 
earlier than noon, which gives me the entire morning to do what I need to do for myself. Wake up slow, play with my daughter, Olive, um, maybe go to breakfast with my family. Just take care of me. Um, Yeah. Um, So that's a big part of it. Uh, My diet. So... That's a huge thing. My body loves greens. My body loves smoothies. Um, and just, yeah, like a, like very little um, animal yeah. products and processed foods. Yeah. That's a big thing. Yeah. And all these things, I, you know, I always kind of talk about the, the idea of, having like a mental health toolkit, you know, kind of all these different things that are kind of wrapped up in that toolkit where it's not that one thing just magically solves everything, but it's like all these little things day in and day out that can help us just get to a point with our mental health where we can at least show up in the midst of it. That's that's at least what really helps me. Absolutely. And I, it's, I also call it a mental health toolkit. which I love because there's so many things in there that like maybe one day, one of those things isn't going to work. Right. You know, sometimes I need to eat the cheese and crackers and Mm -hmm. have a glass of wine, you know, intentionally because other times, you know, that glass of wine is going to cause me lots of anxiety. (laughs) So it, it just, just being, and kind of, I, I do like a full body scan in the morning to, and I, and I'm not sure if this is something that uh, you experience, but just um, my body physically often tells me what's going on mentally and emotionally for me. So if I'm waking up with some tightness or heaviness on my heart or my chest, that's anxiety. Yeah. Um, When I am feeling my shoulders and my back and just like very low energy, that's usually depression. Mm. When my thoughts are scattered, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, that is usually like a neurodivergent um, ADHD, just like overwhelm. And in those moments, it's just like, okay, like the only thing, one of the things that like helps me so much in my yoga practice and therefore my mental health is like, the only thing that is important is taking care of myself. Like what use am I going to be to myself, my family, you know, my clients, like my, my greater community, if I'm like going to the emergency room because I have a panic attack, like I can stay in bed for the next couple of hours. (laughs) Like I can watch an episode or two or three of the office like these are little things that like over the, like just there's such small ways for me to stop and um, remind myself that, yeah, the most important thing is my health. Taking care of yourself. And I love how that kind of simplifies things. There's something about you saying that that feels actually very comforting to me, you know, cause I, I know I can, there, there can be so much pressure out there to evolve and grow and 
you know, do the business thing and live out our purpose. And, and I think all those things can be very beautiful. And yet all of those things can feel like a lot of pressure to me. And just that idea of like, my only job is just to really nurture and take care of myself day in and day out. And what does that look like for me? You know, that feels very, feels very grounding to hear that. Yeah, I think it's something that helps me to feel grounded too, because ultimately I think my purpose and our purpose is to truly understand ourselves, which includes just being with ourselves. Um, And just by being with ourselves, we're then able to tap into our purpose. We're then able to grow. Like we can't just keep going and going and going without pause. What role does does yoga serve for you in your life? So much. I, I mean, it's kind of everything at this point. Um, Mm. There was a before yoga and an after yoga. And my, I had a therapist in my early twenties. Um, I had just left like an abusive relationship, which it was emotionally and verbally. And, um, it was, it just, I became kind of a shell of myself. Mm-hmm. And so I was in therapy twice a week just to like, help me understand what happened, like, because I, I didn't get it. You know, um, and one of the challenges that I had were my racing thoughts, which now I'm like, that's my, that's anxiety. Yeah. Um, and so we had been doing meditation in our sessions. She would have me lie down and do like a body scan. And that's really how I started to learn about like the different places that I would feel, um, sensations in my body. Mm-hmm. And she had said, you know, just try a yoga class. And I was like, oh, it's so boring. Like, <laughs> and she's like, honestly, it's really about finding the right teacher. And so I went to a class um, in Niantic, Connecticut, where I grew up. And the like, it was the class, it was at night, like it, so it was dark in the room, the music was blasting. And I left, I was shocked because I hadn't thought about anything except for my breath that entire 75 minutes. And that was the first time that I had not thought about what I had, what I was going through. And so I was just hooked. I went every day. And so that physical practice of yoga, which is something that, I mean, that's, I I teach very much like a vinyasa yoga class is very close to my heart because I feel like it is super, um, it just helps people get out of, get into their bodies rather, um, because that's really what it did to me. And as soon as I was able to get into my body, it really started to open up these like portals, I will say of interest of like what the practice in general is. And, um, so now, I mean, it's the way that I, it's not only my physical asana practice, it's the way that I talk to myself. It's the way that I try to talk to others. 
Um, my yoga practice is just like a map. Um, yeah. It's just a, it sounds like a really beautiful, soft place for you to land. Yeah. And I love that you, I love that you talked about getting into your body because that, um, especially when you struggle with anxiety and, and a lot of mental noise, which is at the crux of what I experience in my life as well. Um, we kind of like, we can almost get duped into thinking that like, we're going to figure it all out up there, you know, like up in our minds. Yes. And I, I think yoga and meditation and breath work and all these practices are so powerful because I think they just help get us into our body, which is really where we can live from. I, um, I actually will share, I last night had a really, really, really anxious night, like had a really tough time sleeping and was experiencing a lot of anxiety. And I, I actually got up at like three 30 in the morning and I, um, did a little breath work. I had like a little like dance party in my, um, in my living room just to like move my body, you know, and like just get into my body a little bit. And I, it wasn't that it like took it all away. Like there was still, I still felt it like when I got up in the morning, but it helped me just at least momentarily have like a little bit of reprieve, I think just to get out of my head for just a few moments, you know, and and sometimes that can just help us kind of be like, okay, like what's the next step here? Absolutely. Like, And I think like to add to that, one of the things that I love so much about yoga is that it's just such a good reminder for me that I am, while I am not my physical body, I'm also not the thoughts, you know, the mind chatter that's constantly going. And although I am not my physical body, I am in this life. And so just like taking ownership, I'm going to say, of like who I am in this body. And, um, you know, that is powerful. Yeah. Have you ever heard of heard the song "Back in My Body" by Maggie Rogers? No. Ooh, I'd recommend it. I'll okay. just send it to you. Send and anybody it to listening, me. if you haven't listened to that song, I heard that in a yoga class actually once, and I was like, Ooh. "Oh my gosh, this is like the perfect song for that." So, as we as we kind of start to inch here towards the the end of our chat. Um, I'm curious, a couple things. First thing, I always find it so beautiful to hear from other people about what helps them in the really tough moments, you know, when things maybe feel dark or they feel really anxious or they feel really overwhelming. Um, is there something that you say to yourself in those moments or try to do or try to, um, I don't know if cultivate is the right word in those moments that really helps you through those those times? Absolutely. Um, So one of the things that I say to myself a lot is this is all temporary. You know, whether it's a physical feeling, whether it is a troubling thought. um, So that's one. Yep. And then to take that a little bit farther, um, 
no rain, no rainbow. Mm. Which, it, like, it's so cheesy, but it's like, when I think back to every single challenge that I've had in my life, like, from the greatest traumas to, like, you know, even the smallest ones um, yeah. or smallest challenges, like, breaking through. I'm not sure if you've, have you read the book Broken Open by Elizabeth Lesser? Mm, no. Oh life-changing that's such a good book yeah i'll send that to you okay um and that entire book is essentially accounts of people who have gone through something small or something huge and it's essentially a reminder that this is life and those ebbs and flows like we need to go through the mud to like get deeper to be to like truly get deeper understandings of who we are. You know, we can't blossom without going through pain. Um, And so that's something that I really think about a lot is like this challenge, this heaviness that I'm feeling, not only is it temporary, but I'm going to get through and on the other side, I'm just going to be so much stronger or, you know, have far more understanding for who I am and honestly be lighter because through every challenge, through every trauma, I feel like I'm able to emerge um, a bit lighter as weird as that sounds. So Mm -hmm. those two things and then movement, like honestly, like breathing in to a cow and breathing out to a cat, like, like doing a small vinyasa practice of cat cow, you know, just kind of what you were saying, like in the middle of the night at three 30, like getting up, shaking it out and like bringing that, stuff that we're keeping up in our heads down into our bodies and um therefore like being able to step out of the the mind chatter there mind chatter yes and very fittingly um to end on this question what uh what gives you hope i like that (laughs) (laughs) Um, honestly, my name is very fitting because I feel like to a fault, I can be very, very hopeful. Mm -hmm. So something that has been giving me hope, um, especially post pandemic with all of the violence that is happening, with a lot of the social anxiety that I know a lot of people are feeling, um, just kind of re-entry back into our society, our communities. I have been meeting people and having really wonderful conversations, just saying hello to somebody on the sidewalk and it turning into like a 10 or 15 minute Mm. conversation. And that to me, gives me so much hope that we are all like seeking reconnection, that we are, you know, 
wanting more connection. And um, that's been something that has been giving me a ton of hope, you know, um, just kind of being able to see that there are, it's not just this darkness and heaviness that so much of the news is shedding light on. Um, and for good reason, there's talk about, you know, what's going on in our communities yeah. from, you know, people who are experiencing homelessness to addiction to, again, violence, like these things need to be talked about. And yeah. also what's happening are people are really starting to, you know, reach out and connect and want to just be around um, like-minded people. Yeah. Well, I cannot thank you enough for, um, for taking some time to, to connect here today. Speaking of connection, what a beautiful opportunity to sit down and, and have a chat. And um, I have a feeling this will not be the last time that we talk um, in, this, in this kind of a platform, but I um, appreciate your willingness to be open and, and share a piece of the, the path that you've been on. I think we all benefit when we do that, um, to hear, hear what works for for other people and just the experiences that they've been through. So um, thanks for being you and uh, sending you lots of love over there. Thank you, Brian, sending love right back. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been so nice. A big, big thank you once again to Hope for taking some time to join us here on this episode. It was so nice to, to connect with Hope for longer than 10 minutes, that, that usual little window that I talked about before we do those virtual events together. And um, just grateful for her vulnerability, her openness, and, and all that she shared with us here today. I will put in the, the show notes a link where you can find her on uh, social media if you're interested in connecting with her further and, and following along with the beautiful work that she's doing out there in the world. So thank you for being here, my friends. As always, I, I know that we are, each and every one of us, on our own unique journey, our own unique path, things that we're maneuvering, things that feel hard, things that we're celebrating, and, and everything in between. And so um, holding space for all of it um, I hope that you take what serves you from this conversation and go ahead and leave the rest. And I look forward to the next time that we get to connect. Be gentle, and we'll talk soon. <laughs>